Amen. I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we turn our scriptures to the book of John, the first chapter. Tomorrow, uh, it is the burial of the father of sister Felicia. It will be in Akaville. The starting time at the church, they say, is between 8 and 8.30 tomorrow morning. Amen. Akaville, the old Roman Catholic. Amen. John, that is tomorrow. Amen. John, the first chapter, the 11th verse. It reads in this manner, if it is found... He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Amen. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Which were born, not not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. The phrase that I would want to stay with is, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. Let's bow our heads, gracious heavenly Father. We appreciate you this evening for thy divine presence. We are here because we do have expectations, dear God. We don't just come haphazardly. We come intentionally and with expectations clearly articulated in our mind. And believers are here. Each and every one of them has a specific need that they are chasing after. Some could be a resolution of certain challenges. Some could be a healing. Some could just be just the inner peace. But we know that the needs tonight are so diverse. But despite the diversity, you know what troubles the heart. And dear God, may you minister to their needs. May you come and prove that you are the present tense God in their times of need. That when we leave this place, Everyone should have a testimony about this meeting. I don't believe you call meetings just for the sake of calling them. There is always a purpose behind every meeting. There is always an objective behind every meeting. Whatever objective or whatever purpose may be realized, that everyone should know that indeed it was realized. I pray for them, dear God, as I report for duty undertake for me as well. I'm depending solemnly on thy inspiration, which would fail me if I attempt on my own. I depend on the Holy Spirit tonight as we commit everything to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly as you take your seats. Just a couple of minutes. I would like us to speak on this something that just stuck with me 
and I thought maybe if we speak about it, it would be a blessing or it will be of a great help to somebody tonight. Amen. I want to speak on rejection. Amen. Rejection. Amen. Uh, because where we read now, it says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Amen. That means his own rejected him. Then our prophet comes in the message, The Mighty Conqueror, paragraph 103, when he speaks about this and zooms in on this, rejection on our Messiah. Maybe tonight, let's acknowledge we are products of rejection. Amen. Amen. He had to be rejected by the Jews in order for him to turn to the Gentiles. So their rejection produced you. Amen. So we are going to speak about that. And I believe that in life, no man or woman has ever done something worthwhile without having the capacity to handle rejection. You have to be able to meet the rejection and allow it not to define you and bounce back and carry on with what you were doing. Amen. Amen. If you quit whatever you were doing and you quit because of rejection, then maybe it means that whatever you were chasing, it was not compelling enough. If it is compelling enough, no rejection will ever deter you. You carry on despite the obstacles. Are you still with me? How many believe that the word of God has got a degree of rejectability? Every messenger that came from God had a degree of rejectability. Every seed of God had a degree of rejectability. Uh, let Let me just zoom in on this one. The prophet says, And the Bible said that his blood and water separated from each other. And any doctor and anything can tell you that that knows the chemistry of blood. That only only sorrow will do that. So that means when your blood separates, when blood separates from water, the only thing that can cause that, it is a strain. Are you with me? That... Only sorrow will do that. He never died from a Roman spear. Neither did he die from a nail that was driven into his hand or his feet. But he died of a broken heart, being rejected. He came to his own. His own received him not. And that caused that rejection, and the rejection caused the sorrow, and the sorrow caused the death. Are you still with me? Now, let's just say, go uh, come to the book of Isaiah 53 as we build our background. Isaiah 53 uh, from verse 1. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is it found? Isaiah 53 verse 1. Excuse me. Let's read it together. Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? I 
you can all read together who has believed our report. Amen. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. And as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form, no comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows. Acquainted with grief. And we hid it as it were our faces from him. He was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs. Carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken. Smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. This you can say it. With his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. And he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before shearers in dumb, is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut out off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked. And with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grieve. To grieve. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seat. He shall prolong his days. 
And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. How many agree that our Messiah was rejected? Hallelujah. And that is why I say the word of God is, is a rejectable weight. And every time the word of God is brought forth, it's bound to, for people to take an offense at it. And people can mock and laugh at it. People can close their ears and minds to it. Some can literally walk out of the church and shut their Bible. The weight is as rejectable as Jesus was rejectable. Are you still with me? Now, in the message, the adoption, he says they rejected Samuel with the weight of the Lord and accepted Saul. That is the tragedy of me. They rejected Samuel, the prophet of God. Then they accepted Saul, a backslidden king. Are you still with me? Then they rejected Jesus Christ. Then they accepted Barnabas. Hallelujah. You, you just see that parallel throughout the age. Then he says, and accepted Saul, the son of Kish, and rejected Samuel, which represented the Holy Spirit, because he only spoke as the Spirit led him to speak. And when he called the attention to it, he said, remember, I've said nothing to you in the name of the Lord, but what the Lord brought it to pass. Neither have I walked misbehavingly before you, and no one can accuse me of sin. But yet they rejected such a man. Are you still with me? Now, Brother Branham, in the message, is just a phrase. In faith is the substance. He says God's messenger has always been rejected. Moses was rejected. Joshua was rejected. Daniel was rejected. Isaiah was rejected. Jesus was rejected. Paul was rejected. William Branham was rejected. You are going to be rejected. Are you still with me? But what you need to take the stock of is that despite the rejection, they never change their principles. Are you still with me? Joseph, or Joseph, when he was rejected by the brethren, he never turned back on what he dreamed of. He stuck to what the Lord had told him and did what the Lord told him to do. Are you still with me? Now, he says in the message, Israel and the church, paragraph 126, he says, Moses rejected by his own brethren. And I am going to sound an alarm. You are going to be rejected by the people that are close to you. Hallelujah. But here's a question that I want to ask you. Are you going to change who you are and what you believe based on the rejection? And I'm saying as the bride, we are going to be rejected. But we are not going to drop the standard for the weight even one time. Are you still with me? The bride, if Brother Brenham never struggled to be accepted and the Messiah never struggled to be accepted, the bride must never struggle to be accepted. But because in acceptance, you've got to compromise certain things. Are you still with me? Moses rejected by his own brethren. Jesus was rejected by his own brethren. Joseph was rejected by his own brethren. And you, you find it throughout the age. Let me come to this message, Spiritual Amnesia, paragraph 97. He says, now I was with David. When he was rejected, he speaks about the identification. He says, now I was with David when he was rejected by his own brethren. I was with David. You were too. 
if you are a Christian, you have to be identified in his rejection. That means when Jesus was rejected and you are a Christian, you identify with him, you were rejected with Jesus. And if you are a Christian, if Moses was rejected, you were rejected with Moses. And if you are a Christian, if Brother Brenham was rejected, you were rejected with Brother Brenham. Are you still with me? He says, I was with David, you too. You have to be identified in his rejection. I was with the Hebrew children in the fairly furnace when the fire couldn't burn them because of the presence of the fourth man. I was with Daniel in the lion's den. I was identified there. And when the angel of the Lord identified him there, I was mostly, I was most surely with him at Calvary. I must be identified with him at Calvary. I must be there to a place that when no, not also as I identified with him at Calvary, I died with him at Calvary. Every Christian must die with him at Calvary. If you don't die with him at Calvary, you can't be none of his. If you don't participate in his rejection, you can never have a participation in his glory. Are you still with me? That's why I say every man that cometh me must bear a cross as much as he bore the cross. And if he was rejected, you must be rejected. But the danger today in the end time, people are obsessed with being accepted either by family members, either by colleagues, either by community. I'm telling you, when the word of God comes to a believer, the word is bound to go against the tide of the hour. Is there ever a time where the word was ever delivered and everybody just say, it is the truth. Jesus, even in some instances, he performs a miracle in one village. And after he performed the miracle, instead of everybody glorifying God and say, we thank God for the miracle, they come to him and say, you have done a miracle, but we don't want it in this village. Go away. Are you still with me? Instead of saying, you healed the people, we need more of you to come and heal more of the sick. They rejected him. And that is why, that is why a lot of people don't understand. You can do a great thing and be rejected on it. But when you are rejected, you don't stop doing a great thing. You carry on doing what you are supposed to do. I hope we are together. Every Christian must die with him at Calvary. Look, folks, our Messiah, I don't know, in the history of humankind, there's never been, yes, Moses was rejected. Yes, Paul was rejected. Yes, William Brenham was rejected. But I don't think there is any person in the history of humankind that was ever rejected like the Messiah. William Brenham was rejected, but he never hung on a tree naked. Moses was rejected, but he never hung on the tree naked. But there's one, only one man in the history of humankind who was stripped of his dignity and was taken on the cross and was stripped, literally so, and he hung there and was shamed. But in that rejection, in that mess, came the products of the cross. And here they are this evening. Are you still with me? I hope we are, we are together here. He says, I, I, I was there when he died. I died with him. 
Then I was with him when he raised up from the dead. And I come up on the Easter morning with him in the resurrection. Whatever he did, I was right there with him. Every believer was the same. Are you still with me? Let me come to somewhere where Brother Brenham was speaking. Brother Brenham, in the end time, uh, there was a time in the early stages, this preacher, T.D. Jakes, very talented, gifted, good author, good minister. I remember some years back, he was preaching and, and he dealt with the subject of homosexuality. And he was very firm. I still remember the phrase. He said, if you don't like what I'm preaching, you can close the door on your way out. He was against homosexuality. But later on, because of the pressure of being accepted in certain cycles, then he began to move from that stance and began to twist his stance. Because why? We are living during a time, as I said, everybody has got to be politically correct. Because had he continued on that stance of rejecting homosexuality, he was not going to be invited as a clergy in the White House. But for him to be invited as a clergy in the White House, he had to, he had to let go of a certain principle, a godly principle, so that he can be accepted. But William Brenham had a backbone of steel. William Brenham, he preached the gospel in season and out of season. William Brenham was the only minister in this generation that can call out the first lady in America and say, Mrs. Jacqueline Kennedy, there is a wrong spirit upon you. Folks, let me tell you, he was not being judgmental. He was bringing the weight because the weight has got to test the material that is there. Are you still with me? Even now, when we preach, there seems to be an appetite of a social gospel. An appetite to say, don't rattle the nest. An appetite to say, don't go too far. An appetite to say, bear with people's feelings. But let me tell you something. If we've got to ambush the Satan, we've got to face Satan and declare the word of God the way it is. Some will reject it as it was during the time of Ezra. But the prophet of God said, whenever the word of God is declared, this is the message of the blushing prophet, whenever the word of God is declared, no matter how harsh it may be, but the predestinated seed will always rally around that way. Are you still with me? That is why we cannot lower the standard. We, we live during a time where standards are being low. When we were in school, 50% was the past mark. Now it's 33%. Are you still with me? It looks like standards now, for some reason, the medical, uh, the, 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 the guys that would want to specialize, the surgeons, they'd written an examination, uh, UCT, VETS, uh, KZN University, and as well as Medunza, VETS, and as well as UCT, they had 100% failure in that multiple choice exam. 
I, I, I wonder, I say, if these doctors really can fail a multiple choice exam, who are they going to operate on? But the, the, there, was a, there was an agitation that there must be a review. We cannot face. Why? That means they say the standard is higher. We are not prepared to meet the standard. You have to lower the standard so that we can pass. So imagine you go into theater and you are told that Dr. Madiba is going to operate on you, but Dr. Madiba once failed an exam and went on a strike and the results were reviewed in order to make him pass. Are you going to be allowed to be operated by such a doctor? Now, if you cannot accept it there naturally, why do you accept it spiritually? Why, if we refuse, refuse the medical standards to be revised, why do we allow them to be revised spiritually? If it can really lead to casualties medically, it will lead to casualties spiritually. If diligence is required medically, diligence is required spiritually. If precision is required medically, precision is required even spiritually. That means we have got to make sure that we go according to the principle, principle of the way. But hear, hear me out. It's not going to be easy. I'm going to read some quotation. It is not going to be easy. As we are moving, allow me to preach, folks. As we are moving, and as we are getting more and more closer to the rapture, and as the pressure begins to mount and mount, things that are going to happen, even in message circles, are going to be mind-boggling. There are churches that are going to be shied away from because they are going to be regarded that these people, they are too much of legalistic because they rejected this and rejected that. And there will always be others that will come up that will say, come as you are, live as you are, God loves as you are, you don't need to change, you are a work, a work in progress. Folks, work in progress, there is a context to it. You can't commit adultery last week, commit adultery this week, commit adultery next week, and say you are a work, work in progress. You are an adulterer. Hallelujah. However, you can come to church and have certain mistakes, certain imperfections, and certain, and I'm saying there is a sin that is not unto death. Are you still with me? Yes, when you are short-tempered, you are work in progress. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost so that you can become calmer even when you are agitated. Are you still with me? There are certain things that we must regard as work in progress, but certain things is nothing but sin. Uh, are you still with me? Brother Brenham, in the message, present stage of my ministry, paragraph 86, he says, I say this, when a man stands true to the weight, not just in one meeting, but in every meeting, because there's got to be consistency. When, it, when I don't know, you that are Brother Mpana, Brother Dipari, and Brother Watts, and Brother Chetty, you that dealt with people and results. 
You don't want an employee that can perform exceptionally well on the 4th. And the rest of the month, he is very mediocre. You want somebody that can deliver results daily. Not only one month, but monthly. 12 months, when you look, you see consistency. Are you still with me? We are looking for ministers that can preach the word consistently. Not in one forum. The next forum is something else. I need a man that can say, this is wrong. In front of Brother Clement. This is wrong in front of Brother Philip. This is wrong in front of Brother Abraham. This is wrong in front of Brother Gray. Not someone that says, it's wrong. And when it comes to Brother Philip, it says, no, it's not a big deal. That's hypocrisy. You have to be consistent. Are you still with me? If something is wrong, it is wrong on the pastor. It is wrong on the child of a pastor. It is wrong on the child of a deacon. It is wrong on the child of an elder. It is not just a, it's wrong on that one. But when it comes to the child of the pastor, we must look into it. We must remember that. We must be loving. We must be patient. No, sir. Must be corrected. When a man stands true to the weight, not just in one meeting, but in every meeting, when a man stands true to the way, the time will come when they will leave him. It's a direct quotation. Folks, let me tell you something. Uh, your, your children are not just good children. When you have bought them grocery, they must say you are a good dad even when you corrected them. Uh, hallelujah. This prophet is good when he spoke scriptures into existence. But even when he brought correction into the church, he must still be a good prophet. Why am I saying? We are not going to look at certain aspects of the message and say, this is a good stuff. But this was harder. We rejected. Maybe it was for 1950. This message was not for 1940. was not only for 1950. But this is a message of a generation. It is as relevant tonight as it was in 1950. If the prophet said no in 1950, it is no in 2019. You can never civilize God. You can never improve God. You can never change God. God remains the same. His word remains the same. People may change, but the word will never change. I say, God help me to stick to unchanging principles of the word in an ever-changing environment. He says, Exactly. They did it. They did it to our Lord. They'll leave him when he stands for the truth. All men have forsaken me. In paragraph 119, the same message. But all men, this is William Brenham, after they'd written books about him, after men like the men that wrote the book, uh, The Prophet Visits South Africa, that man was part of the FBI. He was sent to become part of the Brenham campaign when he came to South Africa to document what it was going to be spoken. 
And he actually converted to the message when he was in South Africa. A man that that wrote the book, uh, A Man Sent from God. Men were available and say, we've got to write and document what is happening. Because this is surely a supernatural move of God. Are you still with me? They invited him and sponsored his meetings when he addressed the full gospel businessmen. He was loved. But when he began to move into the fullness of the weight, when he began to move and showed them the scriptural correction, right there, Brother Brennan began to be met by rejection. Until somebody that loved him called him aside and said, William Brennan, only if you can drop certain things that you are saying, you will never have to worry about money for the rest of your life. If you can throw your influence behind one organization, you will be the greatest man there ever was. No one will match you in terms of resources. But I'm glad that William Meron Brenham was not a man sent by me. He was a man sent from God. Despite the rejection, he remained on course. And had he compromised, some of us would not be here tonight. And tonight I want to pay tribute to the men of God that despite the influence, despite the pressure, despite what you went through, you remained on the cause. And because you remained on the cause, tonight, here we are. As the product of your message. And if you never compromise, we pledge the same allegiance. We will never compromise even one iota. We will remain on course during difficult times and during easy times. Are you still with me? Brothers, as we are in the message, people are crafting idols out of the message. Churches are becoming idols. Pastors are becoming idols. These days, people wake up and everyone just thinks, what are we going to call our pastor? He was a prophet last week. Let's call him an apostle. And next week, no, let, me, let us call him a chief apostle. Hallelujah. Until men are overburdened by titles. Because people are idolizing them. Let me tell you something. Even if an idol comes from the message of the hour, it is still an idol that must be rejected. There is only one man that must be worshipped. There is only one man that must be worshipped. It is not William Brenham. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope we are together here. Yes. In the pews, the people are competing. My pastor, my prophet, come on, that's nonsensical. I told one, I say, your your pastor is a great man and is influential within the four walls of your church. Outside the four walls of your church, he means nothing. The only one that is influential in every message church. Is one man, a man sent from God, according to Malachi 4. And that man is William Aaron Brenner. I will never hero worship any man. Never. I was in a meeting. 
with a very renowned minister from another country. And as we were in that meeting, it was a video conferencing meeting. And as we were there, a brother dialed in from Russia. And we were just fellowshipping. Then this brother was given a chance to speak from Russia. Then he said, brethren, you brothers in Africa, you must thank God that you have met this great man of God so that he can teach you these deeper things of God. Oh, goodness. I adjusted my spectacles because I was very restless. Then I said, look, I've got a, I've got a problem because I could identify the spirit that this spirit was hero-worshipping the man. Then I said, look, brother, it doesn't mean that when we're in Africa, we're still in dark ages. The message has reached our shores. The table, the, the, the table software, we have it. These things that we are fellowshipping about, we've been feasting on them for decades. And the reason we are coming into this forum, we thought we are coming into a forum of like-minded men. So that we can share as much as you learn from us, we we'll learn from you. But I say, what you are trying to do, you are trying to project this brother as an eighth messenger. Then I said to the brother, I said, brother, this man is trying to make you an eighth messenger. And this spirit will have rejected it in this country and will reject it no matter who shows up having that spirit. I said, listen, brother Brum said, Martin Luther was a great man, but what made him more greater is that he was able to rise above the fanaticism of his day. Because when God sends a genuine ministry, there's always fanaticism that follows that ministry. But I'm glad the predestinated ones will never fall for, fall for fanaticism. They will fall for the real thing. That's why we follow William Brennan. But we'll never worship William Brennan. We worship the one that he introduced to the church. And that's Jesus Christ. But these people have got fan clubs. You speak to a man for 30 minutes, he never speaks about Jesus. My pastor, my apostle, I switch off. One young man came here and he said, do you know the man of the hour is our apostle? I say, hang on, your apostle has got sugar diabetes. If he dies, what's going to happen? But Jesus Christ does not have sugar diabetes. I don't need to worry and say, the next day will he be alive. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But a man born of a woman, it's not the same yesterday, today, and forever. One day we may receive breaking news, it's dead. What are we going to do? This is the foolishness of the time. Because people are hero-worshipping people. Amen. He says, All men have forsaken me because I have took a true weight and stood by the weight. I have stayed right here to what he said to me. 
preach the word, not a denominational philosophy. Amen? Preach the word. That was my commission. Stay with the word. And brethren, who's listening to this on tape, I was a great guy when I came among you. Just healing the sick. Speaking of visions and showing things. But when I went to tell you the truth about the way, what did you turn your back on me for? Do you realize it's just fulfilling what the scripture said? Yes, it does that way. Now I can hardly get in any place. Doors were being closed. There was a time where Brother Bram couldn't keep up with the demand. But there was a time where invitations ran out. He says, letter comes all the time. One came the other day and said, Brother Brenham, I had the greatest of confidence in you. But I heard you say that a certain denomination which I belong to was backsliding. I have no more confidence in you at all now, from now on. Can you imagine the trauma? Maybe you guys don't understand the pains of the ministry. One man, after you have preached, that someone can come to you and say, God spoke to us. It was nobody but God. And that one can walk out, another one can say, this was the David." In one setting, one says it's God, one says it's the devil. What are you going to do? And if you are a minister, that, that gets motivated by being pat on the back. You're going to drown in depression. But if your focus is on him, you say, God, you gave me the message. I delivered the message. And you go back to report it to him. Are you still with me? Now it says there was about 25 of the brethren of my denomination sitting in one of your meetings. Let me tell you the, this brother. You see this, the brother speaking there. That I had a confidence in you, but you said my church is backsliding. And when you said that, there were 25 brethren from my denomination. Let me give you an analogy. Jesus multiplied fish and bread. And fed 5,000 men, excluding women and children. And after they ate, the next day he moved onto the other side of the river. You remember? Then later tomorrow, the people that were fed the previous day, they came back to Jesus. And the Bible said they did not find him where he was yesterday. They, thought, they found out that he had moved on the other side. Then they took boats and followed him on the other side. What was the attraction? They must have been talking that the service yesterday was great. We have seen a miracle. That fish was a, a wonderful fish. Are you still with Yes, it was a cooked fish. Bread that was ready and they ate. Imagine you go, Brother Philip, you go home after such a service and you tell your uncle and say, Uncle, we had a great service. I don't need to eat because we ate the church. The fish multiplied, the bread multiplied. 
I invite you to come with me to church. There is no need for us to cook tomorrow because at church, everything is sorted. Then you come with your uncle. You come with your aunt. You come with your relative. You don't find him where he was. Then you say, hang on. They say he has gone on the other side. You get onto the boat to get to Jesus on the other side. But on the other side, the ministry had transitioned. When you get on the other side, then he says, you came to me because I gave you fish and bread yesterday. But today, this is what I say. Unless a man drink my blood, unless a man eat my body, he's unworthy of me. Then your uncle looks at you and says, is this the things that you were listening to? This is absolutely nonsense. I've got no time for this. Those 25 brethren must have been told, William Brenham is a great man of God. He designed the secrets of the heart. Kansas are falling off. But that time when they came, he must have said, Trinity is of the David. Then it, may, it caused a trauma. Then this brother comes and says, I had a confidence. You know, when a person begins to manipulate you, say, I had a confidence in you. But now I don't have it anymore. He says, I have no confidence in you at all now, from now on. There was about 25 of, my, of the brethren of my denomination sitting in one of your meetings. We just got up, right up, and went off when you said that. We couldn't stand to finish the service. Then he says, well, all men have forsaken me. But there is one thing. He, he stood by me. Friends, there are others that will go. Family will turn their backs on you. Friends will turn their backs on you. But there is one person that you must focus on. He is the one that will take you through the passage of death. He is the one that will rapture your body. He is the one that has got a heaven for you. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. As long as he's there, it settles all the matters. There's one thing. He stood by me. I wasn't disobedient to the heavenly vision. That happened down there on the river. I've stayed true to him. He has been true to me. I'm trusting in him. Someday, I don't know when, for the crowning of my ministry... I've stayed just as true as I could be. I don't know what, what it will be. I don't know when it will be. And I, just when he's ready, I am. I don't care. I hope he will crown my ministry of this, of letting me take the clothes of the way and dress his bride in the clothes of the way and for his righteousness. I hope he will crown my ministry or crown me and let me stand on that day and say, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Amen. And did God honor him? Yes, sir. He comes in the message, the rising of the sun. He has a picture. He says, do you see this picture? Let us turn the picture. Do you see his beard? Do you see his hair? It is our Lord Jesus Christ up there. What was he saying? See, he was saying to the church, Behold the Lamb of God. 
But before he got there, there was rejection after rejection. He had to be resilient until God brought him to that moment. Same with you. Brother Branham says, there is no picture that can hang in the hall of fame unless first it has to go through critics. They have got to criticize it before it hangs there. And it says someday the church of the living God will hang in the hall of fame of heaven, but they've got to go through criticism. Yes, young woman, they're going to criticize how you dress. Yes, my brother, they're going to criticize how you live. But when they criticize, keep on working with God. If they talk about you, keep on working with God. Keep your focus on the Lord Jesus. I say, don't keep it on the pastor. The pastor is a man. Don't keep it on a deacon. The deacon is a man. Keep it on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that will take you through. When you have confidence in a man, God makes him to have mistakes so that he can show you he is a man. He will make him say certain things that even sub eight children cannot believe just to prove to you that this is just a man. To knock your confidence in a man so that you can have confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm closing. Then Paul, he's in the ministry. Great signs and wonders follow them. He goes into the temple. He preaches the gospel. He takes the message to the Gentiles. Then they, somewhere he's rejected by the Jews. There is a commotion. And right there, then he had a, a certain young man that he loved. His name was Demas. And this Demas, Brother Brennan says, Paul says, all men have forsaken me, including Demas. Then the prophet comes, he zooms on on Demas. Brother Baxter, who used to be a campaign manager of Brother Brennan, he used to say to Brother Brennan, when I get to heaven, I want to have a wait with Brother Demas. And say, how did you leave St. Paul? Then, later on, the same Baxter left Brother Brenham. Check the very person thing that you criticize. You may become a victim to the very thing. Then the same thing. This is in the evening message. This is my last quotation, then I release you. In the evening message, paragraph 276, he said the same thing. Paul, he said, all Demas has forsaken me. All men forsaken me for the way. I don't believe, listen to what he said. I don't believe Demas went to a nightclub and things. But Demas wanted to go. Demas was a rich man and he wanted to go with the popular group. So he went off there where all the rest of them did. Then Paul said, all men have forsaken me. Why? His ministry was coming to the capstone of it coming down to the end towards the crowning of him. Before God gives you a crown, he is going to allow people to leave you. The in-laws will criticize you, sister. 
And some in-laws will even offend you because they will be in the message, quoting the same prophet but mistreating you. And you will be there feeling alone, right where you are beginning to be a pariah of your, or you're an outcast of your family. Right there, God comes and crowns you. Because character is not a gift. Character is victory. God bless you, believers. Let's stand to our feet. Let's just sing a worshiping song. Maybe. Yes. Brother Philip will wrap up in prayer for us. How sweet is the sound But now,
In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Don't forgetting to pray for the servant, Lord, that have been using, Lord, during this evening. We will bless me and the family. We pray and we commit everything in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Give us a song till we meet on Sunday. And then tomorrow, the funeral, I said, at the home, it will be seven. And then at eight, it will be at the Catholic Church in Akaville. God bless you. Amen. That's right.